happy hump day all you happy hotties out there listening whether it is your wednesday or your tuesday because we know some of you listen from different countries around the world which is pretty cool welcome to happy hotties the podcast the show where we ask answer and banter about the burning questions and topics you've been dying to discuss with your mum My name is Jasmine, and sitting opposite me is my lovely co-host, who also doubles as my mother, Ilana Katz. If this is your first time here today, you're in for a treat, because today we will be discussing superstitions in our day-to-day lives, as well as our dating lives. And you'll also be surprised how many you may actually do, but don't realize it. Can we do the happy highlights and hottie horrors? Yes, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. I think you should tell the listeners what your highlight is. Normally you have horrors, but this is a real achievement. It's a real highlight. Yes, everyone. I finally have a weekly highlight. And that is that I have finally gotten certified in a program I've been learning how to teach, which is Body Balance. It's a mix of yoga, tai chi and Pilates. And I'm very excited because I've been putting in a lot of hard work over the last two and a half months to get to this point. And on Sunday, I officially got certified. Get your yoga mats and find me in a studio near you. Congratulations. Thank you. And mom, what about you? What is your happy highlight or hottie horror? I have a hottie horror. I was sitting on the couch, a black bird flew in through the window, fluttered around and I freaked out (laughs) because I know that when a bird flies into a house, it either symbolizes news from somewhere, important news, or it symbolizes death. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but ever since this bird flew in and flapped around and then flew out. We've been getting all this news and all these catch-ups and things have been really busy, actually busier than normal. So maybe it's my superstition, who knows? But I can definitely say things are a little bit different at the moment. Well, mum, maybe that's just confirmation bias, but we will get into that a little bit later. Can I also ask how you know that the bird symbolizes those things? My mother told me that when I was a little girl. It's a superstition. Mm, Which leads perfectly into the topic for the week. I think we should get into it. So, mum, what is a superstition? What comes to mind? You said you've grown up with a superstitious Russian mother. In my mind, a superstition is definitely not based on any scientific knowledge. (laughs) Believing in good and bad luck is connected to old ideas. In other words, they're old wives' tales. And yet you still believe in them, as do many, many people. I've been brainwashed because when I was a little girl and I was reading a book and I left the room or I had to go to bed, my mother would say, shut the book or you're going to forget everything you've read or learned. That is one superstition that has been indoctrinated in my brain. Amongst many, we will later find out. Yes, because my parents are Russian and there are so many Russian superstitions. Now, the dictionary definition of a superstition is a widely held but irrational belief in supernatural influences, especially as leading to good or bad luck or a practice based on such a belief. Most superstitions arose over the course of centuries and they are 
typically rooted in regional, religious and historical circumstances. For instance, in Asian countries, geckos are believed to be of medicinal value. And if sailors are on the sea and they see an albatross, they believe that it's good luck. So many different types. Also in China, there's feng shui, which is a belief system that is said to have an effect on different places. So... If a room, for example, is in the northwest corner of a house, it is considered bad. Similarly to how the number eight is a lucky number in China. As a result, it's more common than any other number in the Chinese housing market. And number four in China is an unlucky number because it sounds like death. And in Japan, number eight is an unlucky number because it sounds like suffering in the Japanese language. Interestingly, we took a poll and 42% of you said that you were superstitious and 58% of you said that you weren't. And yet we had heaps of you also telling us that you had lucky numbers, which I found interesting. We had numbers ranging from 7, we had 6, 4, 3, and 14, 5, 11, 10, 7, 7, 22. Do you have a lucky number? My lucky number is 3. 3 or 33 and apparently, and I didn't know this, three is the, is the number of the universe. It's a universal number. Good things come in threes. They do. Like now <laughs> And what's your lucky number? I don't know if it's a lucky number, but I'm partial towards the number two and I have no idea why. It was the number on my soccer jersey for like eight years. You really wanted to have a number two jersey. Always. And I know why. Because your favorite soccer player, I don't remember his name, was number two. Is that why? Yes, I promise you. Ah, Maybe that's where it comes from. But that is where it comes from. You were obsessed with him playing soccer. And that's why you wanted the number two. You don't remember this, do you? Something is triggering right now. A bell is ringing somewhere. I don't know what his name was. I don't know. We'll have to do some digging and find out. Okay, guys, we just did some digging and that soccer player was Lucas Neal. That is not someone I've thought about in so many years. I remember I went to a soccer game and I saw this guy and I just thought he was so hot and dashing and gorgeous. If you're listening, hi. (laughs) And he was number two and I chose number two. And you were about eight years old? Eight years old and thirsty. She knew what she wanted. (laughs) (laughs) now mum what are some other superstitions just general ones if a bird poops on your head it's good luck yeah if you tread in dog poo it's good luck see i I don't know why they're considered good luck it's what people who find themselves covered in shit tell themselves to feel better in a shitty situation (laughs) Another strange one is if your lips are itchy, it means that someone is going to be kissing you. Yes, or if your ears are burning, someone's talking about you. There are a lot of different variations of the same superstition throughout different religions around the world. And if your right hand is itchy, it means you're going to get money. If your left hand is itchy, it means you're going to lose money. What if they're both itchy at the same time? Just rub your hands together. Or maybe you're getting an allergic reaction. <laughs> like I do when I eat something that <laughs> I'm allergic to. Oh, good luck all of a sudden. <laughs> I want to talk about the placebo effect. Let's get into it. 
Essentially, the placebo effect is when an improvement of symptoms is observed despite using a non-active treatment. For example, if you give someone a pill and you tell them that it'll cure their headache, but really that pill is made of sugar. When you were little... No, I'm not done. Oh. Now the placebo... (laughs) The placebo effect is believed to occur due to psychological factors like expectations or classical conditioning. And research has actually found that the placebo effect can ease things like pain and fatigue and depression, which is so fascinating. The same thing works with superstitions. For example, if someone sees a black cat, which is the universal sign of bad luck, anything that may go bad in their day, they will associate probably to that cat. It's it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that's just constantly perpetuated around and around and around. That is where superstitions were born. When you and your sister were little, you both had chicken pox. So I told you, okay, we're going to the park. And when you're in the park, your chicken pox will fall on the ground. And in a few days, you'll lose all your chicken pox. So every day I took you guys to the park and your chicken pox fell on the grass miraculously and you got better within seven days. I remember that. I remember actually going there and being like, oh, they're going to fall off now. They're shedding. (laughs) That worked. The placebo effect. And when you were a little girl and you had to do maths tests at, at school, you got nervous. So I gave you a magic lolly and I said to you, after you finish the magic lolly, you will remember all your maths and you passed. And Mrs. Schreier was none the wiser. (laughs) So let's rattle off some cool superstitions we found. Never give a knife as a present. Because that person will stab you in the back one day. Do people even give knives as presents? For a wedding or an engagement, they might buy a set of expensive knives, but who would want knives for a present anyway? Ted Bundy. (laughs) (laughs) There's also don't whistle in the house because it calls the evil spirits. That's how I grew up. When I was happily whistling at home, my mother would say, don't do that. All the spirits will come. Yeah, and she's always done that to me when we were at the dinner table and I'd like hum or whistle. She'd just crank down on me. Nah, don't do that, Jasmine. Not allowed to. And another one, if you give someone a purse or a bag as a present, you have to put some money in it for prosperity. What about rubbing a Buddha's little belly for good luck or kissing the Pope's ring? I think rubbing a Buddha's little belly is so cute. I don't know if I'm into kissing the Pope's ring. In Mexico, you shouldn't have two mirrors facing each other because it's a doorway for the devil. In Japan, you never stick chopsticks straight up because it's bad luck and you should never point your chopsticks at someone because it's rude. Wow, I've done that many times. Maybe that's why I've gotten dirty looks in Make Why before. So there's also seven years of bad luck from a cracked mirror, the Irish legend of the rocking chair. Yes, if a chair is rocking and there's no one in it, people think that there's a spirit in the chair rocking away. And what about different roses that have different meanings? Red roses symbolize love. A yellow rose symbolizes passion. So the number 13 is also unlucky, and in Asia, number four is unlucky, as you mentioned before. 
And also, in the Philippines, you shouldn't go straight home after a funeral. You have to go and have lunch or dinner somewhere. Go to a restaurant or cafe in case there are any evil spirits following you. Nothing like a good croissant and an old decaf to ward them off. Or a cappuccino with lots of chocolate on top and carrot cake. (laughs) An interesting one that someone told me years ago In Britain, you shouldn't put shoes on a table because it symbolizes death. In the old days, miners who died had their shoes put on the table to show that they had died in the mine. In Germany, you can't make a toast with water because you're wishing death on people. You can only make a toast with spirits and alcohol. And Kranskis. Kranskis. Aren't they sausages? Yes. How can you make a toast with a Kransky? Get <laughs> them together. Oh, yeah. I was kidding. That's another thing. Gosh. But now it will be. Oh, my God. Like all superstitions, it's got to come from somewhere. And that somewhere is Happy Hotties, the podcast. And the last one that I have that is quite interesting. All around the world on New Year's Eve, people kiss. Happy New Year. But in Spain, they used to eat 12 grapes one after another to symbolize good luck. How on earth do you know this? My students. I know all these superstitions from my students. I think we can tell from all of these that no matter what you do, you're doing something that somewhere around the world is deemed either good or bad luck. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. And on that note, it's the perfect time to hear from a listener who offers her perspective on superstitions. Hey, happy hotties. So I don't believe in superstitions for a couple of reasons. Um, So my background is in psychology. So studying about all of the pseudosciences and cognitive biases that we have as humans had a pretty major impact on how I think about the world around me. So, for example, one of the biases we learned about was something called the confirmation bias, which is when we actively look for information to confirm our beliefs. So someone might think, oh, okay, I'm not wearing my lucky dress today, so that must have been why the date didn't go well. But in reality, it could have been so many other things. So, yeah, I guess as a result of that, I've developed a pretty rational view about how things work, which means that I don't generally view relationships or experiences as consequences of fate. I just take them for what they are. Confirmation bias is something I really wanted to discuss today, so I'm glad that our lovely listener brought it up and did such a great job at explaining it. So I actually studied it in one of my uni classes And it's not something that we can totally eradicate because as human beings, we simply cannot be 100% objective because we are all products of some kind of environment. What do you reckon on that? We are definitely, I'm a product of my environment. Yeah, and I don't think that you can be objective, nor can I, neither can anyone. But I tried to bring you up superstition free and I tried to give you as much of a normal basis as what I could. I suppose so. Let's use the bird that we were discussing earlier and all the subsequent news that happened as a result. That bloody bird. (laughs) But I think it's important that we employ some critical thinking here and we also ask ourselves whether these are our desired outcomes and we're just using that bird as our anchor to them or our link. We need to be critical, as does everyone when it comes to superstitions. 
I didn't ask for that bird to fly in. Well, no one asked for a bird to fly in. I didn't even expect it. Who on earth would have thought that a bird would fly into our house and then fly out and all these things started happening after the bird flew in? All right, now that we have that perspective and are alert to the confirmation biases that may be at play, I want to dive into a few more superstitions, this time focused on wedding, dates, dating, and romanticism. Maybe you can confirm or deny this one. I know in Russia that unmarried girls should not sit at the corner of a table because they won't get married. I cannot possibly believe that that's true. (laughs) I don't know who decided that. So most probably the person who said that was an old spinster who always used to sit at the corner of a table and never got married. And that was her superstition. And then it just got rattled down through the ages. So why then would you choose to believe that a blackbird symbolizes news, but not this one? What gives one superstition more weight than another? The good superstitions outweigh the bad superstitions. So (laughs) So just just hear what you want to believe? Yeah, you just, people are very selective and they only want to hear what they believe. So it's selective hearing. Yes, and selective superstitions. (laughs) Therein lies the flaw. You can't just pick and choose which ones you want to believe in. Either they do exist or they don't exist. And also it's our upbringing. I was brought up in a superstitious household, so I made sure that you and your sister weren't brought up like that. I didn't tell you about superstitions. Are you kidding? Because we would always have to knock on wood and... And keep your fingers crossed for good luck. Okay, well, the next one is... In some cultures, I know in Jewish culture, it is tradition to smash a glass at a wedding. Yes, you put the glass in a hanky or serviette. You drop it on the floor or put it on the floor and the groom with his shoe smashes it. For good luck. For good luck. So I'm not sure if this is true, but I heard that this actually originated in Italy. It did. It did. And I think that the Jews adopted that. They liked it. Maybe it just gets rid of a bit of anxiety and, and stress after the wedding. L'chaim. It's It's a relief. You know, it's awkward. I remember seeing a video once of someone who wasn't able to break the glass. <laughs> he stepped on it and it didn't shatter. Was it a plastic glass? No. He didn't stamp on it hard enough. Oh, I wonder if that's bad luck. (laughs) No, of course not. Okay, next one is funny. Bridesmaids were once a line of defense to trick spirits and protect the bridge. Oh, protect the bride. (laughs) (laughs) You mean protect the bride? Protect the bride. Can you imagine all your gals just in a forming in a line and they're your wall of defense? That's kind of killer. I like that. Yeah, it's like the best man. The best man was usually the best swordsman in the village. Not the best friend. No, it was the best swordsman. So if anyone came to steal the bride or if anyone wanted to disrupt the wedding, the swordsman would whip out his sword (laughs) and go for it. Is that a euphemism? (laughs) No. No, he'd whip out his sword like Zorro. Olé. Like Zorro. 
likes do you do you know Zorro? Yes. Yes. I know Zorro. He had a big black cape and out came the sword from behind the cape or from under the cape. Mum! Next one is about the bouquet. Before showers were commonplace, bouquets were actually in place to ward off the bride's body odor that she may potentially have had if she wasn't of upper class. Yeah, because they didn't have showers like we do every day or twice a day. They didn't have that luxury. No. So the bride had a big bouquet of flowers to ward off the smell, the B.O., And actually, the custom of throwing that bouquet came when the bride would throw her flowers to the guests so she could get away from them all because it was customary for people to cut off pieces of her dress. And then they'd scramble for the bouquet. Yeah. Rowdy vultures. (laughs) My favorite superstition is in Egypt. All the women would pinch the bride before she walked down the aisle. Ouch! Yes, so she'd be covered in bruises most probably. That is a custom in Egypt. That is ridiculous. And If someone pinched me... No, you'd punch them in the nose. (laughs) If they pinch, I punch. (laughs) Also, in some countries, when people are walking down the aisle, they have to start with their right foot first. Is that where the phrase a right footing comes from? I think so. Oh, and another one, the the groom has to have a straight tie. If his tr- tie is crooked, it means he's going to be unfaithful. Noted. I will very much note that. Does that come from a certain country as well? No, no, no. But it's in wedding superstitions. That should be of the Italian nature, considering what we spoke about in last week's episode. Dead right. Now let's get into some listener stories. You guys shared some pretty interesting ones with us, so we're going to answer our top 10 favorites. The first one is, I'm sharing a house with a really superstitious person, and every time I go on a date, she freaks out because I don't stomp my feet before I leave the house. For some reason, she believes this will bring me luck. I think this is a Turkish superstition. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yes, apparently. Is your roommate Turkish? (laughs) No, no, but apparently in Turkey... You stomp your feet for good luck before you go on a date. That is so random. I've heard of that before. It's like in The Wizard of Oz when she clicks her little red shoes and her heels together. Oh, that is so cute. So I wonder, does she get like mad at you that you don't stomp your feet? You know what? If she's a good flatmate and you really like sharing a place with her... Do it to make her happy. Stomp your feet as loudly as you can and she'll be happy and you'll be happy and off you go on your date. But if you jump, then make sure you bend your knees to keep them nice and safe. (laughs) (laughs) Next one. I've been told it's bad luck to kiss someone on a first date. Uh, That is so (laughs) old-fashioned. But you know what? It's a superstition. Don't kiss someone on the first date. That way... If you like each other, you'll see each other again. Mm, Secures the next date. Yeah. If you want to kiss someone on your first date, go for it. Kiss someone on that first date. Do whatever you want. Life is too short. Exactly. Number three. If I go on a blind date, I never look the person up on their socials because I think it's bad luck. I'm not sure if I've imagined this, though. It sounds like Megan and Harry. 
Megan said that she never looked up Prince Harry on his uh, before they went on a date. So I don't believe that. I think that everyone checks out everyone before they go on a date. I just think it's safer and healthier. Although it's more likely than not that your date is not going to have a Wikipedia page dedicated to them, like I'm sure Prince Harry does. Um, I don't think Prince Harry has a Tinder profile floating around (laughs) anywhere unless we've got some hardcore catfishes out there. He doesn't need one. I call bullshit. She definitely, definitely researched of course Prince she Harry did. And the royal family before. Of course she did, even though she said she didn't. Yeah, I don't think it's bad luck to look them up on their socials, but personal preferences, we all have our own. Next one. I'm not superstitious, but my mum is, and she gets annoyed if I don't wear the red Kabbalah bracelet if I go on a date. Maybe you should explain what a Kabbalah bracelet is. A Kabbalah bracelet is a red string you put around your wrist, doesn't matter if it's the left wrist or the right wrist, and and it wards off evil spirits. And sometimes you see babies and they have a little red string around their little chubby wrist. <laughs> yeah, the red, it's a string. So it's not exactly a bracelet, but people wear it as that. And it's a talisman in Jewish folk custom. And it wards off, as mom said, the misfortune brought about by the evil eye. And yeah, it is associated with Kabbalah, which is a Jewish form of mysticism. Madonna is really into Kabbalah and mysticism, and she wears a red string around her wrist. If your mum gets annoyed about it, maybe just put the bracelet on. And take it off. Make it really loose and take it off when you leave the house. Although from memory, typically the whole thing is that they fall off themselves eventually. Unless they I'm making fray. that up. They fray off. They fray and then inevitably They fall. get old. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> just tell your mom that it came off. Good luck. Good fortune. Muscle tov. <laughs> this is definitely my favorite one. I visited a fortune teller and she told me I'd meet two tall, dark, handsome strangers and have to pick between them. The closest I got was my freckled neighbor and short squat hinge date who lied about his height. How much did you pay the fortune teller? <laughs> but the fortune teller covered her tracks really well. She didn't tell you that you were going to meet one person. You were going to meet two people. See, a part of me really believes in this. But then another part is also just so aware that there are so many dodgy scam artists out there, like Whoopi Goldberg's character in Ghost, who run those shoddy little market stores and charge like 50 bucks per reading that lasts five minutes. Well, let me tell you, my superstitious mother used to do my tarot cards until I told her to stop doing it. (laughs) She told me one night, I wasn't going out anywhere. I was in my pyjamas at home And my mother said, let me read your tarot cards. And she started laughing. I said, what? She said, you're going out tonight and you're going to a White House and you're going to meet a blonde man who's going to walk you home. And I went, mum, you can see I'm in my pyjamas. (laughs) Woe and behold, and this is no lie, I get a phone call at nine o'clock, come to a party down the road. No way promise. So I got dressed and I went to a party down the road, which happened to be in a white house. And at the end of the night, 
a blonde guy did walk me home. I freaked out. Actually, he was a very nice blonde guy. And after that, I never let my mother read my tarot cards again. Wait, why? It gives me goosebumps even when I'm thinking about it, about That's it now. That's crazy. Why are all these old woggy parents and grandparents all psychic? I don't get it. But it's like when you and I go down the road or we go shopping and we say, we haven't seen such such and such in a while. And who do we see? We see such and such. <laughs> Graham. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I have never heard that story before. It's like the blackbird that flew into the house yesterday which means news and look at all the news you've got today no it's crazy guys it is crazy maybe there is some sort of background about maybe. superstitions see the rational side of me just says no 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 but then the spiritual side of me believes there absolutely is so it's a hard one to to rationalize and a hard one to justify and also a hard one to reconcile i don't really know where i stand some days i'm more spiritual some days i'm just not not no can't be can't be but maybe superstitions do have a grounding from hundreds and hundreds of years ago that have got lost in time perhaps maybe we need to do a part two (laughs) next one when i was on a date i had deja vu i felt like i had been there before with him but it was the first time i ever met this person maybe you knew him in another life Maybe we all have different lives. Maybe we've been reincarnated. We'll never know. And for those of us who don't know what deja vu is, it's just the feeling that one has lived through a present situation before. And it's very eerie. Have you ever had deja vu? Because I sure have. Many, many times. And it's very weird. It could be from other lives. It could be from our dreams. Don't forget our brain is huge and we only use a tiny part of our brain. Our brain is like a computer and we don't know it enough. I've heard that people who travel often or quite frequently and and who watch a lot of movies are more likely to experience deja vu than others. I don't really know what the grounding is behind that. Maybe because they feel like they've been in those situations if they've seen them visually. But there is definitely such a thing as deja vu. I'm not even superstitious, but there's a whole parallel world in our brain or somewhere that we don't know about. It's not creepy. It's something new that we haven't delved into yet. Yeah, I really like it when it happens. I kind of try and immerse myself as much as possible and try to get as much out of the situation as I can. Next one. I was on a date with a guy and went to his house and the house had really bad, weird energy. Do you think houses have energy or was I losing my mind? Houses have energy. When I was in Canada, I stayed in a hostel that was actually a converted prison. I think it was the eighth most haunted building in the whole of Canada. Don't know how they got that ranking, unsure, but it was an old prison. Many people had died there. The rooms that we were staying in used to be cells. Like they used to be prison rooms that people would stay in. So I was on the top floor and it was so weird. I remember we, we got to the hostel and I, I believe in this kind of stuff. And I got there and I said to my friend, who's not at all superstitious, 
this does not feel right. I'm not liking it. And we walked into our room. It was a shared dorm. And there was this guy that was just lying on the bed, just staring at the ceiling as if he was just waiting for a ghost to whoosh past or something. Did a ghost whoosh past? Maybe. I'm not sure. But then he sat up really suddenly. Was he a ghost? Possibly. I didn't see him in the morning. Might have been as a result of early checkout. I don't know. (laughs) But he, yeah. And then I remember he just like got up randomly, like looked around him and then got down. And just like lay back down on the bed. It was so weird. And that place felt weird to me. It felt wrong. I couldn't sleep. We were there for three days, three days too many. And I, my friend was having the best sleep of her life. But I just was lying in that bunk bed and I, it, I couldn't sleep. I, I hated it. I hated every second of it. And we did tours the next day and we found out that the guards had hung people on those staircases. People had, we, there'd been sightings of ghosts there as well. And they showed us the solitary confinement rooms as well. And it just reeked of bad energy. The Good t- experience, but I 100% believe that locations have bad energy but- or good energy places have bad energy or good energy and what about people Mm. sometimes we meet people and they have amazing energy and they're light and you feel so good with them and then you meet other people and they've got really bad energy and you can hardly wait to get away from them so everything has energy on this planet everything has energy in the universe Because everything's moving and everything has their own vibration. Wow, we've gone on such a tangent. But to answer your question, yes, we do think things have energy. No, we don't think you're losing your mind. If his house had bad energy, I would run because either it's infested and really dirty or he's a serial killer. Follow your intuition because your intuition never lies. Last one. I was on a date and he told me that he could read the future. Smiley face. Are you in his future, I wonder? (laughs) I bet that was some cheesy pickup line as well. Or maybe he really liked you and he wanted you to be in his future. Sweet. I hope the date went well. Now it's time for our listener story. Hey, happy hotties. Big fan of the show, by the way. Big fan. I think I definitely... I'm superstitious when it comes to dating. Not sure if the word superstitious is the right word, but I do definitely like play a game with myself to find like little meaningful moments in the lead up and during the date and also afterwards. Okay, the first one is I don't look them up before the date. Maybe like one or two photos, but I don't do a full stalk of their Facebook or their socials or anything because I think there's something so exciting about hearing about a guy for the first time and like the reactions are genuine the surprise the whatever it's genuine it's not like oh yeah I already knew that because I think if you look someone up before the first date then you kind of have already been on the first date you know enough about them and the second thing is I think being like I think privacy is also a superstition of mine I think it's important not to talk about dates so much afterwards or leading up to because people psych themselves out and people's other opinions get involved so I don't know if you'd call them superstitions but they're definitely two big rules that I set for myself when I date I don't really like to talk about things and 
I definitely do when things get serious, but in the beginning stages, no. And the element of surprise is very exciting, I guess, of not knowing about their profile before. So yeah, what do you guys reckon? What do you think about that? Darling listener, thank you so much for sharing your superstitions. I'd do a Megan who pretended she didn't do a Megan. (laughs) What's that? Research the person? I'd check them out first, and if I didn't like what I saw, I'd cancel the date. But that's just me. What about you? I rate it. I rate that you don't look them up. It keeps it old school. It keeps it nice. It leaves things to be surprising. Social media these days means that we have anything we want at the click of our fingers, information-wise. So if you can be genuinely surprised by the person sitting in front of you and not have seen them in photos or videos or any kind of media, that's awesome. And it also means that you don't have any preconceived notions of them other than your the encounter that you've had with them, whether that was in person or on a dating profile. So I rate it. I like it. I don't know if I'd call it a superstition either. Maybe it's just a rule that you live by. Or maybe it is a superstition. I don't know. Life is complicated enough and I wouldn't even waste my time. I'd check them out first. But an interesting point, dear listener, is you're not checking them out, but are they checking Checking you out? Yes, I haven't thought about that. Probably. Mm. Yeah. So you're doing the right thing by them by not checking them out. So you're going to be pleasantly surprised or horrified, but are they checking you out? Which then puts you on an uneven footing because maybe then they have knowledge of you based on your social profiles that you may be surprised about as a result. That person may see that you're in heaps of pictures with cats and then just brings up lots of cats on the date and discusses how much they love kitties and kibble and pooper scoopers. And then you're like, oh my God, this person loves cats as well. You know, it it almost gives them that edge because they know what to talk about if they're clever. So maybe in a superstitious way, you can make a deal with them. I'm not going to check you out if you don't check me out. I'm not going to show you mine if you're not going to show me yours. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone does a sneaky Megan. (laughs) Sneaky Megan. We should should coin that phrase. (laughs) Everyone's a stalker these days. I don't care what you say. We're all sinners whether we think it or do it. In regards to the privacy... Unfortunately, we're living in a big brother world. CCTV cameras everywhere. People can get into our computers. People can hack our cameras. And I find there is less privacy now than there was 50 years ago. Yeah, well, that's a trade-off for having digital footprints. Technology. Yeah, but I really respect the fact that you try and keep things as private as possible Because at the end of the day, it's your story, it's your thing, it's your life, and it's their life. And you shouldn't feel the need to share that with anyone if that's not what you want to do. You're the main actor in your story. Do what's best for you and don't worry or care what other people think. So, Mom, final thoughts on superstitions. We're a product of our environment and how we've been brought up. Some people have been brought up in a superstitious household. Other ones have been brought up in a neutral household. We are what we are and we just have to deal with it. 
And I think a lot of us probably want to not believe in them, but yet we just can't help ourselves because we are products of those environments and a product of certain socialization and upbringings. But I think you and your sister turned out all right. Actually, better than all right. Oh, stop that. (laughs) At the end of the day, if you want to knock on wood, go for it. If you don't want to walk under a ladder, maybe it's a good thing for safety. Who knows? As long as we're not hurting anyone with our superstitions, then all the power to them. And if a black cat runs in front of you, just think, oh, what a cute cat. Meow. On that note, time to wrap up episode number eight. I cannot believe we're here already. Must have been that bird. Why? (laughs) Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We have another two left for season one. So if you have any ideas or anything you want to get in before we close up shop for the season, please let us know by DMing us on Instagram or getting in touch at highhappyhotties at gmail.com. As always, the content produced by Happy Hotties exists solely for entertainment and comedic purposes and is not intended as a substitute for any kind of professional advice. Thanks as always for your support. And if you are enjoying the show, we would really appreciate a follow, a cheeky subscribe, a sneaky little rating or a review. Anything you wish. It all helps. See you later, everyone. Thanks again. Litro od dasvidanya sayonara au revoir. Bye, Bye guys.